Hello, you beautiful people. Well, whether it's your first episode or, well, your 90-something episode, we're excited to have you guys listen today. Now, today's episode is all about self-directed lending. And it's uh, if you don't know what that is, it's a way that you can invest your own funds in the forms of mortgage financing. So you could actually be the lender in this case. So we're going to talk all about this today and how it works. And many of this, much of this episode today is presented by my partner, Dean Lawton. He was the one who actually built out a course on this previously. So he's going to talk a little bit about self-directed lending. We're all going to have a little bit of input here, Derek Williamson and myself, Alex McFadden. And, and honestly, we want your guys' feedback on the feedback channels to let us know what you're liking about the podcast or what you'd like to see more about as we move on and move forward. I'm really curious to know if you're going to love this episode, what your feedback is, if you want more of it, more about investing, more about real estate investing, more stories, uh, more lending. To let us know and hit us up on Instagram at the YBR Remo Show or at Thrive Mortgage Co. and check us out there. Guys, this is our passion, real estate investing, lending, mortgages. But at the end of the day, our primary goal is to help people create better financial freedom through their mortgages. And we do that by running a mortgage company. So now that you know who we are and what we're talking about today with the self-directed lending, I'm excited to really share off this episode. And if you haven't done so, I would recommend go back to the previous episode and listen to the one that we did all about mortgage investment corporations and what that looks like, because that'll help you set the stage to this current episode. Now, if you're a repeat listener, or if you're a new listener and you're enjoying the show, we would love to ask one favor of you, which is to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. So just go click on the iTunes link and leave us a review. Today's review, so we got a review of the day today, which is from AFURS, Affers. You said, you've picked up a listener for sure. Super informative and unbiased, reliable sources. I like to hear it. That's fantastic news. I'm loving to hear the great feedback from everybody who's enjoying the podcast. So make sure to do one thing, leave us a review. And if you can, tell somebody else, so that's how we share this information. Anyhow, I hope you guys enjoy this episode today on self-directed lending. And if you have any questions about your own mortgage or financial questions about real estate, reach out to us directly at thrivemortgage.ca and let's set up a call. Talk to you guys on the other side. Enjoy the show. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Previously, a lot of our conversations have been about everything to do with, uh, you know, uh, real estate, uh, investing, obviously setting yourself up for success in mortgage financing. Uh, how to do rental mortgages, on and on. We've got like almost 100 episodes. So we got a lot of stuff here. But uh, last couple episodes, we started talking about things that we get asked about a fair amount. And we're doing this on a high level, but even high level, it's, it's literally something that most mortgage brokers and or uh, people in the industry don't talk about very much, which is lending with mortgages and what that looks like. So when you're listening to this episode, we're definitely assuming that your understanding about mortgages is obviously the basics of how to get one and what it is. But we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like to lend your money in the form of a mortgage. Now, we did an episode previously. If you want to go back, uh, it'll link out in the episode notes here about investing into a mortgage investment corporation. Today's episode focuses on lending your own money. We call this self-directed lending. We're going to walk through the pros and cons of doing so, 
how to get started, well, like what that looks like and building a team. As you can imagine, real estate, whether it's buying a home or anything, it's always about building the team. How to find a, a mortgage, really, like where, where you should be looking for a mortgage itself. Uh, the process of doing so and then of course where to get the funds now keep in mind this is very much high level so if this is something you're looking at exploring beyond this definitely make sure to talk to a professional and build out your team like we mentioned but you know seeing as uh, Dean who's on the call here obviously Dave, Dean say hi how's it going <laughs> see, see, I should open up here seeing as Dean has actually previously uh, worked together with our other partners here to build out a course and directed that we're going to let him take a lot of the lead here in the conversation and jump in when necessary um but uh, let's take it away so dean derek myself uh let's let's go guys you know getting into the pros and cons is where we'll start and and really diving deep into how to do this uh, we'll, we'll certainly we'll touch on that high level like you mentioned and then to your point for further information there is not a lot of support in this space most people are pushing you towards the mortgage investment corporation side of investing, which we talked about last episode. And and uh, just going through the pros and cons, you you know, you ultimately might just think like, yeah, that's a better route for me. And that's the whole point of this is just to kind of show, um, you know, open the curtain on, on both sides of this. So some of the pros will start there. Typically, you're going to notice higher returns when you're lending your own money out on your own. And, and the reason being is you're, you're identifying individual files. You're typically have a higher level of risk in assuming you have the knowledge and you built the right team around you, you can find better deals from a cost perspective. So you're going to be able to get a higher rate, uh, charge clients a higher rate when you're looking at files. Um, one of the biggest things I see value in as a pro is just being able to actually see the deal. When you're investing with a mortgage investment corporation, you are not the one looking at files as they come in. They're sim they have a management team and a lending team that focuses on actually funding files and finding the opportunities for, for you. So you really have no idea what your, your money is being lent on. You can always, you know, look at a, a one of the files in the portfolio or, or get a, you know, get it a, you know, like Derek mentioned on the last meeting, they'll have uh, meetings where you can actually go through the portfolio and see what you're, you're lending on. But in, in this case, you're actually looking at the actual file you're lending your money on. So you get to know the borrower, what their story is, know the property, where is it located? You could even drive by it and, and look at the appraisal in detail, know everything about the property, know everything about the borrower, find some real comfort on who you're lending to and ultimately what the asset is that's going to secure your money. And I think the biggest one is know the story. All these people have stories. Like we talked about last time, private lending is temporary. It's always going to be a short-term fix. And, and if it's a long-term fix, it's probably not a deal that you want your, your money in. Um, so knowing the story is huge. And what we talk about a lot in the story is the exit strategy. So I find when you're able to see the deal, if when you actually have a you know a passion for this and you want to have you know your hands more into the process, this is this is certainly the way to go for the, for that type of mindset. Um, and again, just like it, you're involved at this point, you are really involved in the entire process. And and for me, um, being able to be a decision maker, I'd say that's the last you know really big piece for me is being able to be the decision maker on yes or no, are we going to fund this file or not? Is is important. And that's kind of, you know, where we found uh, the three of us have found a lot of success in lending our own money this way, you know, really understanding the file, really understanding what we're lending on and, and ultimately being that decision maker. Yeah, it's definitely more of a, a hands-on job, if you want to call it that. So like we have some investors that we've been working with for years and uh, they prefer to lend their own money because they, it gives them something to do. 
right? Like we have a guy that lives in Coquitlam and he likes to lend his money in Coquitlam because it's close to his house and he understands the market uh, and he can drive by it every single day if he wants to. Um, not that he does, but it gives you a little bit more um, touch, I guess, on on where your money's going and, and the people that are receiving it and kind of how you're helping them, right? You get to know more of the story, like Dean mentioned. And, and a lot of times private lending, because it is a short-term solution, you are helping someone you know, maybe get through a tough time or consolidate debt. So um, some of these people that lend their own money, they really do like uh, and love the story and, and the fact that they are typically helping someone through, you know, a, a rough spot. Yeah, I mean, from a from a private lending standpoint, honestly, just speaking at it from a little bit of a distance before I get into it, you know, before 2019, I hadn't personally invested outside of a MIC and, and only started doing so in 2019. So it's been a few years of doing so now. And I mean, I think the biggest thing from the outside looking in, <clears throat> it's from a high level, it's not that complicated, but it's the little nuances and the little details of understanding what's a good deal, what's not a good deal, what, how to look at a borrower, knowing the lawyers, knowing your timelines, where to keep your money. It's all the little nuances that make a big difference when you're looking at a transaction. No different than managing each and every one of your properties if you're investing in real estate and knowing how to acquire, knowing exactly what to look for, knowing what to analyze. So I think, Derek, I mean, you made a really good point there as, you know, investing in your own mortgages makes a lot of sense for someone who A, has a lot of time and B, has the willingness to understand the ins and outs of specifically what they're looking for in that transaction. There's a lot there. We, it may seem like, holy smokes, this is a lot to handle. Uh, but if you look at it like buying a rental property, it's actually very similar process and very similar amount of time. Actually, I would argue it's a lot less time than owning a man, uh, your own property and renting it out. So, you know, when you're going to buy a property for rent, you're going to want to make sure you know the property, you know, you know everything about it, why you're investing in it. That these are all very similar things as how you're going to review a property when you're going to lend somebody money. You're going to look at those properties the same way as if, if you're going to go buy that as, as a rental property. So kind of having that mindset, like loan to own mindset, it's kind of a old saying in the private lending world that doesn't exist anymore, but private lenders were sharks and they would literally go into these transactions thinking I'm going to own this property because I'm going to expect this borrower to fail and I'm going to take over the property. Like that was the shark mindset back in the day. And so I, I say that's not really possible anymore because of, you know legal the legal system, foreclosure system is very difficult to take over property and actually own it. But having that loan to own mindset is so important because then you actually go into it being like, yeah, this is a property I might own one day. Like so think like think like that. And that will you'll always be successful in this space if you think like that and you already are investing in real estate already. You already have this knowledge. So just lean on that that experience that you already have. And and we'll get into this. Building a team is so important because quality and quantity go together. <laughs> you know, you could have one or two files trickling in for loan opportunities, probably not going to get much quality out of one or two opportunities look a, a month. Like when we were at, at peak before, when we were lending our money out at a, at a very high rate, we're not doing that anymore. But when we were back in the day in 2016, 2015, 2016, we were looking at hundreds, hundreds of mortgage transactions a month. And we would lend on maybe 10 out of 100. So we so that quantity it will equal quality in this uh, in this case for sure, and again that's back to building a team and there are people that can support support you there uh, and we'll we'll get into that. But why don't we just jump into some of the cons? Like you know, and when I look at the cons, I'm really looking at comparing this to all investments. And we talked about this last episode: in stocks, mutual funds, rental properties that you own yourself, mortgage investment corporations, which we dove. You know, we really went uh, deep on that last episode. So one of the cons is is one of the pros. You are involved. 
<laughs> there's a high level management of the process. You know, some people are going to look at that as a very, you know, nice piece of this because they have that control, but others are going to say, Hey, no, like this isn't for me. I don't want to manage this. Walking through the list of cons that you're talking about here, again, it's no different than being involved in almost any facet of any type of investment. It's how deep do you want to be involved and how much do you want to actually be doing? It's no different to the fact that people hire, as you mentioned, um, you know, portfolio managers or financial planners or advisors to take care of all the ins and outs of picking and selecting the right uh, investments for their needs. Uh, for a lot of people, quite simply, the amount of time and energy it would take not only to source the deal, but also to understand the ins and outs of each and every deal, plus the paperwork involved. It's uh, it's a lot. And we talked about that right there. So maybe maybe speak a little bit. I mean, Derek, on your end as well, because we've had some experience with this, like finding deals. Like if someone's coming into the space and, and they're trying to source and find deals, like how tough would that be for someone who doesn't know what they're looking for? Something I was going to bring up, which ties into this is, again, one of the pros is one of the cons, which is being the decision maker. I mean, if you're not educated in real estate, and you have a mortgage broker bringing you an application saying, here, I have this opportunity. You can lend out your money. Like It's on you to make that decision if you think it's a good deal. So you either have to have a ton of trust for the mortgage broker that's bringing you that application, and you have to trust that they understand what they're talking about and that it is a good deal that you should lend on, or you actually have to be educated in this market. And a lot of people just simply aren't, right? So you really have to, tying back to what Dean said, have a phenomenal team that you trust thoroughly or you do have to educate yourself or just understand real estate and values, and exit strategies, and income and credit. Um, so that's something that, you know, we've had investors come and say, okay, we've, you know, I've got $500,000. I want to lend it out and we'll bring them opportunities. And maybe it takes them two weeks because they're sitting on it, thinking about it. Cause that's a massive investment for someone to make, but they don't really know enough. And, you know, they, they think about it for too long and all of a sudden the opportunity is gone because someone else jumped on it. So you do have to be pretty fast acting um, when these opportunities arise. But yeah, finding deals. I mean, you know, <clears throat> we do a lot of volume in our office, thankfully. And even then, like, you know, the amount of opportunities that we see today, because we focus on a lot of conventional business, um, a lot of A and, and maybe alternative businesses is, is the primary, prim primary bulk of our business. Even now, I mean, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing deals that come through and, <clears throat> And we're high producing mortgage brokers, right? So um, again, just tying back to the team, it's you need to find a lot of deals, but you also want to find quality inside of those deals. And a lot of times when you're getting a, a, a request for private funds, you know, it, this person could have been around the block, they could have applied through 10 other mortgage brokers, and maybe it isn't a good situation, right? Yeah, the thing with finding a deal, and this is why a mortgage investment corporation could be such a better route for you, because mortgage investment corporations deal directly with mortgage brokers. That's their source of business. It's a business to business relationship. So all of their opportunities are coming from hundreds of mortgage brokers that they work with. And they're all opportunities for private lending requests. To Derek's point, we do a lot of volume here, but we don't do a lot of private volume. So a lot of the volume that comes into our queue is triple a business that will fit at the one of the banks so funneling that down into what is actually private requests it, it's not much so again we're we're going to lack in that quantity side of things where a mortgage investment corporation is going to have a massive quantity of opportunities coming through their channel and so that's one of the reasons why i would say lending your own money is 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 definitely going to be an issue there when you don't have that resource and then we're, like again, we'll touch on building the team. Mortgage brokers are going to go to mortgage investment corporations for their loan opportunities first. They're not going to go to an investor that has you know 
a little bit of money and they want to lend on one or two deals. You're not going to be a top partner for that mortgage broker. That mortgage broker is going to go to one of the mortgage investment corporations first. And if that mortgage investment corporation says no, for whatever reason, then they're going to go to you. So the quality is going to naturally be less of what comes to you as an investor than what goes to the mortgage investment corporation. And so back to trusting the broker, we'll get into this. Um, building a lending profile is, is basically the template that will really help you make decisions quickly, understanding what your profile is. It's essentially your lending guidelines. And that's what you use to tell brokers and other people that can bring you opportunities, what you're willing to do and what you're willing not to do. And so the lending profile is super important and we'll touch on that and it'll really help you make decisions as you move forward. And, you know, we can take this offline and dive deeper, but part of the course that we build is really focused on how to build a lending profile. Um, but one thing I don't want to uh, go away from or, or, or not touch on here is, is ongoing management of borrowers and the funds. So a lot of people think like, okay, I just need a bookkeeper to manage my accounting side of things like, you know, for at the year end tax summary, so to speak, or if you're doing an RS, if you're lending your RSPs, um, you're going to need some sort of tax reporting. And so a lot of people will just go to a bookkeeper and that's fine. A bookkeeper that knows the lending space can help you there and probably do a really good job. Um, but one thing that an administrator does is they do all that and they do a really good job at it because that's all they do is private lending administration. So they'll do all your bookkeeping for you, but they'll also manage the borrower relationship. So when you lend your funds, the administrator will be the one to communicate with your borrower ongoing. Believe it or not, and then this is the case with all AAA borrowers at the banks, the number one most commonly missed mortgage payment is the very first mortgage payment. And it's because a lot of times people will give you the void check. They thought they gave you the other one or, you know, there's a mistake or, you know, the, the wife thought the funds were going into, you know, the account one, but it was actually account two that they gave you the, the void check for. This happens all the time. So who's going to contact that borrower and, and be like, hey, by the way, you got a, you know, the wrong void check or the mortgage bounce, mortgage payment bounce, what have you. This will happen at the very beginning, very commonly. And then as you go forward, these people are in tough situations. So not that they're going to miss their mortgage payment, but they, there are times where they're going to be a day late. Or, or, or something's going on or, you know, or, or you just can't get a hold of them because the insurance, like they, they canceled the insurance. These are all things that you don't want to be the one dealing with. You don't have to be the one dealing with when you lend your money. Administrator will do this for you at a very, uh, at a very reasonable rate. Typically, they'll charge 1% interest. Um, so if you're charging 10%, they'll take 1%. So now you're netting 9%. So if, you, if in your mind, you're like, hey, I want to make 9% interest on this deal, you would charge the client 10%. So you still get your nine, but the administrator gets their one and they'll do all of this for you. And so you can kind of create this hands-off sort of relationship. So you're just very hands-on at the beginning to make the decision. And then the administrator takes it from there. And this is really important too. If you get into, if you do get into really trouble situation, you get into arrears, they're going to have a foreclosure lawyer on their staff that is very, very good at what they do. They will manage the whole foreclosure experience if you have to. And that's a big one. I'm um, going into it doesn't happen very often, but if it does, um, it's not a bad thing. I mean, it, it, it will be bad if you're trying to live off that monthly income. But if you don't need that mon monthly income to live off of, they will get all your money back. If you if you're following your lending profile and you built a really good lending profile, you're not going to get into a situation where you're going to lose money on the property selling for undervalue, as an example, or or you gave a mortgage way too high at a, at a much high a loan to value than you would typically than a mortgage investment corporation would typically do. These are all things that we would hone in on in the lending profile. So a, a foreclosure lawyer will get your money back and, and the administrator will deal with all that. So again, hands off, you don't have to worry about it. 
Um, so those are things that I, I really want to touch on. And then again, I'd say the biggest one uh, to really be aware of is exposure. Like when we talked about this with uh, a mortgage investment corporation, when you invest in a MIC, your exposure is is way less because you have hundred, say a hundred files and you're, it's a pool of funds. Here, if you're just dealing with, you know, one or two mortgages, you're, all your money is, is, is essentially at risk on that one particular property. So the exposure is, is definitely going to be higher. I mean, let's touch on that really quickly there, because that's a great point that you bring up and something that I think people maybe not think about when they're looking at the two different options. Like when it comes to a MIC, you're usually either pulling in funds or going together with other investors to invest into a multitude of uh, different um, uh, investments and or properties. So you're basically playing the field, so to speak. You've got a variety of different products and properties and return on money coming back. Whereas if you're directing your money, as pre mentioned, they're uh, on your own, you're going straight into one particular product and timeline and any series of different issues can arise, which can cause you to have either delayed funds or other concerns that may come up and, and essentially just eliminate the potential returns or reduce your returns or just create a greater risk. So uh, a thought that I have on this point would be anybody looking to do self-directed lending is to not rely on the specific timeline at which they get the return of funds. And that's probably a key point to consider going forward as well. If you're, if you're lending all of your money on one property and, and that property goes you know, sideways or the borrowers go sideways, you're dealing with that for as long as the foreclosure takes. At the same time, you've also had the ability to dissect that specific deal, right? So if that broker has has come up with a good package and they know everything about the clients, you know, hopefully you're avoiding that. Um, one thing I just wanted to say on timelines is, you know, you invest your money in a MIC, uh, you're earning a return at the end of every single year. So a MIC actually has to pay out 100% of net proceeds inside the company to investors after their costs and management fees every single year. And it's completely hands off unless you want to be a part of a meeting, uh, their annual um, general meetings. So with self-directed lending, you know, maybe you lend out $200,000 and it's lent out for eight months. So now you get your money back eight months later and sure you brought in a return over those eight months, but now your money's sitting in your bank and you're trying to find another deal. Yeah. Right. And is there is that broker that you're working with? Do they have another deal that's two hundred thousand dollars that's ready to fund two days later? Probably not. So you could have you could be waiting for three six months, waiting for the perfect deal that you're comfortable lending on. Right. So during that duration of time, you have no uh, rate of return on your funds. Yeah. So you have to keep that in mind. Sometimes a private mortgage, the borrowers will keep it for five years, rare, but maybe that happens, and that's an awesome loan. Right. If they're making their payments the entire time, but. Yeah, just churning the business is something you have to keep in mind. You'll typically have some some dry months. Hundred percent. And like to touch on that, a lot of back previously, I'd say before twenty nineteen, a lot of people would do what's called a syndication. So I may have two hundred thousand. Alex may have two hundred thousand. Derek may have two hundred thousand. We'll all invest on one deal. That's called a syndicate. That is not. You can't do that anymore unless you're working with a market exempt dealer, which is they're licensed under the Securities Commission. And that's very expensive now to deal with one of those individuals. They have very high fees to, to deal with. And that's they have a high cost, so they have to charge high fees. Um, so that's very difficult to do. So back to your point, yeah, you have to find that exact loan opportunity for 200K. Very, very challenging now since this whole securities licensing changed. Um, the other one is, is you have to be a licensed mortgage broker if you're going to earn more than $10,000 in fees. So if you're going to lend your own money out and charge lending fees, which is really common, most almost every private lender has a lending fee. If you want to charge a fee as a lender, you need to be a licensed mortgage broker. So you're going to have to have, you're definitely going to have to have that team back to the team. You're going to have to have that sorted out. 
Um, so, I mean, I think we'll leave it there on cons, uh, getting into how to get started. I typically start, I, I wouldn't even start until I looked at where my source of funds are coming from, but we'll leave source of funds to the end because there's some some good stuff there. But first, how much money are you doing with? That's number one. And where is it coming from? So, so you got to start there. Um, but what we'll do is we'll just kind of jump into a high level description of this process and 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 try to run through this as quick as possible here. And, and we can always take this offline for anyone that wants more information. So I always start with, again, building a team. This is so important. So a mortgage broker is going to be the, the individual that's going to bring you the opportunities. And you're really going to want to trust this person because if if you don't know them and you don't know how they ethically run their business, you don't know what kind of opportunities are going to be coming at you and how they're going to be sold to you. So really want to have a really good op, uh, relationship with a mortgage broker. Number two is an appraiser. Most private lenders have an approved appraisal list because they want to be able to really control that appraisal process. Mortgage brokers, unethical mortgage brokers, unethical people in the industry can manipulate this process if they choose the appraiser. And there, there are appraisers and mortgage brokers and clients that are very savvy and will collude and, and, and will try to throw you off your game if you're not good. So have an approved appraisal list. I would pick like one or two tops. Lawrence and Walker, Adlaw Appraisals, these are like the two top firms in the country, or sorry, in the province. These are companies that we work with regularly with all the banks that are approved on every single bank list. These are appraisers that are going to do a really good job for you. Build a relationship with them. Um, when they do an appraisal for, for one of your borrowers, talk to them. If you're like, hey, you know, read the whole report. Don't just go look at the value. Read every single page. You'd be surprised what you'll see there. Um, we've touched on appraisals. I actually, I, I, I do a very deep dive with Lee Walker from Lawrence and Walker in the course on this, on how to read an appraisal and, and, and what to look for. So that's huge. Number two is a lawyer. So typically you're going to actually need two lawyers. There's a lawyer to register the loan. And then there's the foreclosure lawyer, which I talked about with the administration side. If you have a good administrator, which we have, we have a great recommendation for you. If you want that, they have their own foreclosure lawyer. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, but you need a lawyer to register your loan. So when you do a private mortgage, there's two lawyers involved. There's a lawyer for the borrower and there's a lawyer for you. When you do a mortgage with Scotiabank or any other AAA bank, there's one lawyer representing both of you. That can't happen in a private transaction. You both need your own independent legal advice. So you need your own lawyer. Now you might be thinking, oh shoot, that's a cost. No, that's not a cost. It's actually a cost to the borrower. They pay your legal fees. That is very standard in private lending. Every single MIC operates that way. Every single lender we deal with operates that way. The borrower pays your legal fees, typically around $1,500 to do the transaction. So build a relationship with a lawyer that knows how to do private lending because they don't all focus on that. Some of them don't even wouldn't even touch it. Um, again, we can make some really good recommendations and a lawyer is going to be Honestly, a lawyer is could arguably be your most important partner here because private lending people come to you for your high cost of funds for speed. So you need to be quick and the lawyer will clog up the process. The lawyer is always going to be the one that will dictate how quickly this can get done. Getting into the holiday season, if you're around that time of year, you're going to have an issue, guaranteed. So have maybe multiple lawyers you can lean on. Last one, which I talked on, was the administrator slash bookkeeper relationship. Um, I always go down the administration route and there's a really good partner we can recommend that keeps this all hands off. And, and it's just a no brainer from that point of view. So now that you got your team, we need to build your lending profile. And there's a very detailed uh, process that we go through here. And so we want to understand where do you want to lend your money? 
property and location is number one. Property and location is far more important than the actual borrower because this is your security. This is the asset for your loan. Uh, and so when if you get into trouble, you need to make sure that this is a marketable property that can sell quickly in a foreclosure process. And, and it's not like a dump. Like it's actually, it's not a grow up. It's not all these things that will go very deep with you. Um, so property and location is key. Looking at the borrower, um, you know, understanding what you're willing to to deal with when it comes from a borrowing perspective. Like some borrowers are, are there, there's challenges with certain borrowing uh, personality types. So we'll dive into that. Um, again, loan to value is really important. So you know, you may be willing to go higher on loan to value in certain areas and others. And so lending profiles can get quite in depth. If you're looking at Langley and uh, Surrey as an example, or, or maybe White Rock would be an, a better example, high luxury area, you may want to go to a lower loan to value because higher uh, value properties don't sell as quick. And, and they actually are the ones to take a, a hit on value in a, in a downturn then first. You know, a, a high-end home is going to be the one that will maybe take a bit of a dip. So, I mean, Alex, maybe you want to touch on. Oh, I, mean, I, th I think the key here, uh, Dean, like you've given away so much value already <laughs> in in explanations through. Obviously, if you, if you guys were queuing in on a lot of the key points that Dean brought up there around the, the team and the importance of doing so, you know, each part is obviously playing a massive role in doing everything here from start to finish but walking through what you're you're talking about dean i think i mean to be honest with you just that lending profile piece on its own is probably a one hour conversation or a half hour conversation in terms of like what to look for the location the property types as you know some people specialize only in waterfront uh properties and some people specialize only in coquitlam as you mentioned derek earlier in the process others are only second mortgages on you know other unique property types and so forth so like having that kind of mindset of having a focus or a niche is probably a pretty key consideration i mean honestly just if you're somebody that's approaching you know uh in, people who might have access to these funds it's so much better to walk in and say hey i'm actually looking for this particular type of property construction Maybe they uh, ran out of funds, they're located in Vancouver, that sort of thing. But I mean, again, I think my feedback here would be if you're listening to this episode and you're really excited and interested in what we're saying, I, you know, we're, we, uh, Dean uh, built out a course ages ago, we're looking at either bringing that back or redoing it or so forth. Definitely stay tuned for that sort of conversation. And we'll, we'll definitely make sure to, to open that, the doors on that at some point as well before we give away the whole can of beans, so to speak. And just building lo lo the lending profile, the one thing I'll, I'll end off on is as much as you want to tell people what you're willing to do, you also don't want that to look like that's the other things are something you won't do. And private lending companies mix, are, are they, they're challenged with, with a, a lot. So what they'll do is they'll put out their lending guidelines, say, hey, this is what we do. And then mortgage brokers won't call them for all the other stuff that they probably would have done too. So it, it, it's, a, it's a fine balance to build that lending profile and not be too niche. So we, we go really deep on that. Um, the next area is finding the deal. We talked about this uh, with a mortgage broker, a really good relationship with a mortgage broker. I think that's the key. That's number one. Um, if you want to get out there and market yourself, you're going to have to be a licensed mortgage broker to do that. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, and there's a few things that we get into and, and we were reviewing an executive summary. So an, an application and a, and a good story, a good mortgage broker will provide you with an executive summary and really spell out what's going on. And then a phone call conversation is really important to understand that story too. Um, I always refer back to your lending profile as just something that fits within what you're, you know, you're willing to lend on and what you're maybe not willing to lend on. And then most importantly, how do you get your money back? What is the exit strategy? How is this borrower going to pay you back? Number one. Um, and that's, uh, 
that's kind of really it when it comes to reviewing a deal. I mean, it sounds, uh, maybe sounds <laughs> a little easier than it is and it probably is, but, uh, that that's super, super important. And so once you've, once you've come found some comfort around this, you're going to approve and provide a quote. And this is typically done in either a term sheet or a commitment letter. Most, most mix will just issue a commitment letter and that big commitment letter is basically, here's what we're willing to do for you. Here's the cost and here's the conditions and go, let, we'll fulfill this and fund this. And here's the timeline we're going to fund it at. Um, some lenders will actually just issue a term sheet first and a term sheet is just basically like a quote. Hey, Hey, here's what we're willing to do. Like it's up for negotiation and then we can fine tune this and, and then issue a commitment letter. That's more common in commercial or construction type lending. Um, but we see that from time to time with private lenders. Lastly, uh, you're going to then look to instruct the lawyer. So you're going to be instructing the lawyer that you now work with. So that lawyer that you've built a relationship with and mortgage instruction package needs to go out to them. And then mortgage instruction package is, uh, we teach this in the course how to do this. I, again, back to the administrator, I love having an administrator because they will instruct the lender for you. They will do this part for you. And it, and it has to be done a certain way. We share templates and whatnot on how to do this, but I just lean on the administrator to do that portion of it. And then fund the lawyer. That's the fun part. <laughs> Get the money uh, and, and deliver it to your lawyer and trust. And then you're just managing the borrower relationship from there until you get your money back. And again, I, I lean on the loan administrator for this part of thing or for this side of the, of the transaction. That's pretty much it. Um, in a real high level description of the process. Again, we get that this is like an eight hour course on going through all of this. So I tried to go as quick as possible. I'm sure I missed out some stuff, but, um, that's pretty much it when it comes to, um, the process. That's it. That's it. <laughs> no, that's, that's really good. That was really good. Uh, listen, you guys should flag this podcast if you're interested in learning more about private lending. As D Dean just mentioned, like that was super high level and it can go into, I wouldn't just say eight hours. I mean, that's hundreds of hours worth of timeline and expertise, which is why uh, we're sitting back here and listening and letting the master of private lending speak his word, so to speak. So, uh, you know, again, this you might listen to this episode and decide, holy crap, private lending is definitely not for me certainly not something I'm interested in, but at least now you know, and you know where to go with it. Alternatively speaking, you might be interested in exploring it further. So hopefully we piqued some interest and we gave you something you didn't know before. Uh, Derek, do you have any closing thoughts on just the overview of the process and anything we didn't touch on here that would be helpful? I think the only thing I wanted to bring up, um, obviously we're well-versed in mortgages because it's what we do all day, but if anyone's unclear on like the security or how your investment is is secured. Um, if you think about the concept of a mortgage, right? Like if I get a mortgage from Scotiabank, Scotiabank registers a, a mortgage or a loan or a lien, whatever you want to call it, on the title of my property. So if my property is ever sold, every single debt and mortgage tied to that title has to be paid out before I get a dime. So let's say it's a second mortgage. Maybe I'm getting a $200,000 second mortgage from Alex. Alex brings his money to the lawyer. The lawyer funds the mortgage. I get the check. So I'm walking away with $200,000, but now I owe Alex $200,000. And his money is secured as a mortgage on my title of my home. So if and when my house is sold or refinanced, Alex and Scotiabank will get their money back before I get a dime out of it. Just to make that clear. We get really deep into positions and, and risks there on, in, in the course. But one thing which we, we skipped over, which I want to circle back on to, to end this episode off, is source of funds. Again, that's where I start. I wouldn't even start looking at building anything to do with a lending profile or anything about the lending process until you know what you have available for funds. And, and putting all your money into this investment is not recommended. And I definitely recommend talking to a financial planner before doing anything like that. Um, but source of funds does surprise people a lot. 
a lot of people don't realize that you can actually lend out your RRSPs. And that's really important to know. There's only certain in institutions that actually support self-directed lending. That's what this is called, self-directed lending. That's how an RSP uh, bank would look at this. So a bank that allows you to do this calls it their self-directed lending program. And so we touch on the institutions that will support you in that. And it, it, they're, they're well-known um, institutions, but your typical banks that do RSPs or mutual funds won't support this. Um, so that's really important to know that you can lend your RSPs out. And that, that really means any registered funds, TFSAs, uh, anything like that. You can um, ref accounts, all of that stuff you can actually use to lend out. So this can be a retirement plan for, for, for a lot of people. Um, Maybe you want to touch on just equity in real estate, uh, Alex? Well, I mean, I guess one of the biggest things that we talk about all the time, or at least one of the biggest uh, conversations of the year 2021, and hopefully not dating this episode, because this is probably going to be impactful for you going forward, is access to cheap funds for the purpose of investing. We always talk about ripping and refinancing equity out of your home up to 80% of the current market value, which we use an appraisal to confirm. And we talk about using it for purposes of things like investing in real estate or obviously your kids or all these other things. But one thing we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about is exactly what we're having this conversation about today, which is essentially uh, getting this equity either in the form of a mortgage or a HELOC or a line of credit and using that equity for the purposes of investing into something of this nature. Um, like lenders in general, like I guess it comes down to the lender and your overall situation, but in general, they're willing to lend for the purpose of investing. They actually don't mind you doing so. And I found that they've typically not pried into the specifics of exactly what investment that you're getting involved with. So, I mean, it's very possible that you can get $100,000, $150,000, $200,000 or even more in the form of a line of credit to use for the purposes of, of getting a return of, I mean, I guess it comes anywhere from six to 15% on a, a private loan, really, at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, that goes with any reinvestment, like you said, like, you know, the cost of funds are so cheap. If you can't find a, an opportunity to at least double your, your, your interest on that, you're just working with the wrong people, hands down. Like, I think pretty much every professional, whether it's a financial planner, mortgage investment corporation, self-directed lending, what have you, you should be able to double your return on that. Well, let's put that out there right now. All the listeners right now to uh, this episode, whether you're in real estate or uh, just a general uh, person who's interested in learning about it, if you want to find out more, um, we are happy to provide you with a, a free consultation to help you understand specifically how much you could borrow from your existing property and how to take that money out. So just reach out to us on our website at thrivemortgage.ca, uh, fill in the form or hit us up on Instagram uh, at Thrive Mortgage Co. And uh, we're happy to set up a phone call meeting where we can spend 15 minutes just providing you with an overview as to what your opportunity could look like and how you could invest using your existing property. Awesome. The last thing I'm going to touch on is you cannot lend out cash. You can't bring a bag of cash to the lawyer. That may seem super obvious for a lot of us, but it's not. I've seen it um, many times. People have called us up. Hey, can I just deliver a bag of cash to the lawyer? No, the lawyer will what? not take that. Um, <laughs> but your savings and checking account, if you got money in there, great. All day, they'll take that. Fair point. <laughs> Awesome. All right, guys, this is loaded. There's so much information here. We went past our typical 30 minute drive time. So hopefully you flag this episode like we talked about. You're, um, you're gaining a ton of knowledge and uh, we're excited to obviously talk to you guys about some more. So stay tuned. As we always talk about, make sure to leave us that five star review. If you're getting a ton of value from this episode and you're learning something, shout us out, throw us up there, share us. We don't mind. We'd love to meet more people. So thanks again for listening, guys, and we'll see you on the next one.